2: Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to you in a part of by Sal's neighborhood pizzeria and Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in georgia check out the website we or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why i go all the way to saint simon's to get an authentic italian meal and speaking of my man i hope he remembers to put his headset and mic on but anyway i was just i was just saying <laughs> I, I was just being, you know, I'm silly like that sometimes. Not that there's a camera on him or anything like that. But but I'm just, I'm just crazy like that sometimes. And speaking of St. Simons, don't forget, join Sal and myself and some former world champions uh, on January 19th. We're billing it as our holiday party after the holidays or our after the holiday holiday party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's after the holiday holiday party. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And uh, we're going to have you be part of our next filming of Billy C. Boxing Revisited. We're going to show you not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights, and you're going to be able to watch them with us uh, on the big screen. And uh, we're going to sprinkle in some uh, celebrities there with us to join you, uh, some food, a cash bar. Hey, be there. January 19th, Palms Resort in St. Simons Island. So uh, check out their website, seapalms.com. Call him up, tell him you want a room for the Billy C. get-together on January 19th. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book. And until I sell a million copies, I'm going to keep billing it and selling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a copy of my book right now by visiting... What did they put in my coffee? I I thought I was putting creamer in there. I think it's maybe the main topic of today's show. I'll get to that in a second. But buy my book. All right? It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. uh, It's on our website. Yeah, all of that stuff. Um, Coming up a little bit later, we got uh, Dax Khan. He'll be joining us a little bit. And uh, I think uh alex papali may be uh stopping by and joining us as well we will not be doing a blast from the past this week but we will be uh resuming that next week along with uh a uh a new segment we're gonna be doing and we're it's gonna be first of several new segments for 2018 and uh to kick off the year right uh next week we're gonna miss a day yeah hey we want we want you to feel like our show is just like it was on 2017 and speaking of missing a day because the following week, we're going to be missing a whole week. Why? Because I'm, on, I'm going to be going down to St. Simon's. So if you want to hang out and talk boxing, you got to come on down to St. Simon's and hang out with me and Sal at Sal's Restaurant because that's where we're going to be, you know, after we're done working and stuff like that. Anyway, today's show um, is brought to you by... Oh, wait a minute. I think I already did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, today's show, the main topic. This is why my mind is all over the place today. Thanks to my man, Coach... He uh, turned me on, and (laughs) what a a bad uh, choice of words. He turned me on to this news bit yesterday, just before we went on air. Now, today, it's all over the place. But uh, uh, Mike Tyson, former world heavyweight champion, one of my favorite all time fighters. I mean, I I think he's an all time great, no question about it. I loved watching Mike Tyson climb the the ranks and uh, dominate the heavyweight division in his prime. Uh, Mike Tyson, who's been known to, let's just say, piss away his money. Yeah, yeah, I'll say it. You know, the guy made uh, almost four hundred million during his active career. Uh, ended up claiming uh, bankruptcy and everything else, just like Evander Holyfield. But that's another story. Mike Tyson has uh, teamed up with a couple of guys, and he is now part. Of the marijuana industry, that's right. Mike Tyson is setting up a forty-acre facility in California uh, called uh, Mike. They call it the Green Rush uh, for the uh, for the for the pot that has uh, uh, just been uh, legalized or available for more than just medicinal purposes in the state of California and several other states. But it's now finally on sale. You can go to it. Uh, shop and say, I think I'll take some of that Panama Red over there, Uh, but uh, the truth of the matter is, it's called um, Mike Tyson, uh, his new uh, uh, facility is called the Tyson Ranch, and man, Mike Tyson's always done things in an enormous fashion, this is no different. Joining me right now with his headset on and his microphone turned on uh, to get his thoughts on Mike Tyson. Uh, entering Uh, the marijuana industry, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, (laughs) children of all ages, please welcome Sal Rocky Senicola. What's up, Sal? I'm completely innocent of all these charges. Uh. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? I mean, you know, know, Cheech and Chong doesn't have anything on uh, Mike Tyson. What do you think about this?
3: Well, I'll, I'll tell you I, I never tried marijuana, never tried to do anything but I tell you what I made a ton of money yesterday in my Scott trade account. Uh, I invested in a lot of marijuana so, so did I you, huh? I huh
2: I, I did too several months ago and I'm <laughs> yeah. looking yesterday I'm looking at I'm watching my account I'm going what the hell is it's going up right, right? <laughs> I go I'm
3: Maybe looking at the later. let's compare stocks. I, I, I
2: tell you right now I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Dow right? And I'm going. Yeah. Well, it's only up thirty points. I mean, why? Why is mine going up so much? I, I look at it. and I went, "Oh my God! It's all the it's all the weed uh, um, accounts I have." I said, "They're all going up," you know. And uh, uh, that was nice. It was a nice little nice little jump for me. I hey, I don't have the money like you got, Sal. So you probably had a really good day yesterday, huh? <laughs>
3: Well, no, I, I had a good day. It was, it was a good day. We all had a good day. It was interesting because, uh, you know, they passed that law in California to, to, to do just what you just said. You know, they're opening up shops or legalizing it across the board and uh, for for recreational as far as everything else. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, people are going to say that California is going to go to pot. <laughs> but but uh, I don't know. You know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, it was, it was an interesting day. Uh, in the Dow yesterday with these little stocks of uh, marijuana and all kinds of things that they use and can do with it for medicinal purposes as well as recreational right now so uh, yeah it was interesting we'll see what happens today if there's a pullback or if it continues to thrive and go I don't know I hope it keeps going higher and higher and higher Higher and higher. Get it, it? Get it?
2: I it. <laughs> you know, I but uh, uh, I, hope, I hope it continues to smoke the market, Sal. You know, but... Know, uh, where's Cheech and John uh, yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, but, but no, I, all kidding aside, okay. this is going to be quite the uh, facility. It's 40 acres. Uh, apparently, more than half of it uh, will be used for uh, growing purposes. Uh, and then the other half... Uh, is going to have all kinds of stuff, uh, including uh, luxurious camping and cabin facilities, um, a amphitheater for presentations, uh, and speaking of presentations, some of them are going to be on uh, how to grow... Uh, and Mike Tyson uh, apparently is going to be teaching some of these sem- seminars, which is—I'm uh, just—it's uh, got to just, be ridiculous. i am i am i am i am happy for him. I really am. I'm happy um, for him too. A hydro feed plant and supply store, an extraction facility, an edible factory, a garden with water features, and and a lot more. Uh, edibles uh, are uh, doing very well. You know, uh, I was talking to somebody. I, I, you know, I, I, listen. You never, you say you never tried marijuana. I, I'll admit, not only did I, I, I try, I, I inhaled. You know, and I, and I and I and I enjoy, I enjoy it. I think that it's uh, it's better than than alcohol in terms of safety, et cetera, et cetera. That's a whole nother story. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is um, you know, I, I think that overall. It's going to be uh, a, a good, uh, good venture for Mike Tyson. But the edible yeah. industry has really blossomed. I, I, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and they said to me, and it threw me off guard. Uh, they were at a party or whatever it was, and, and people were, uh, you know, having drinks and, and actually uh, <clears throat> partaking in uh, the marijuana stuff. And uh, uh, this woman says, oh, no, 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 thanks. I, I had a gummy bear. And I looked. I looked. do <laughs> like, you gummy, mean. You had a gummy bear. bear. She said, "Oh no, I had a, I had a gummy bear, a marijuana gummy bear, and it, 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 it's fine for me for for hours." And I said, "What are you talking about?" And she says that they buy these gummy bears that are actually, you know, marijuana, and on the package it tells you. Uh, you know how much concentrated uh, marijuana is in a gummy bear? How much? How many gummy bears you should take, and all of this stuff. And, an and I'm saying gummy gummy gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding. But you know that that's one thing that uh, you know, hey, uh, you know what? They've all kidding aside, they've come up with a lot of uh, uh, positive uh, things for medicinal marijuana, yes. and quite honestly, for people that want to use it uh, for recreation purposes, Sal. You know, to tell you the truth, I when when I get into arguments with you know uh, people who are anti it, um, you know you you got to go and look at the history first of all. You could up until the the opium wars here in the United States, you could go and get it at a pharmacy, just like you could, and and unfortunately you could get cocaine and everything else there too. Um, but when it was put on the uh, list of banned substances, what bothers me about it. Is that it's on the list as a, the same danger factor as cocaine or heroin. And, and that's ridiculous. That is totally ridiculous. Um, as a matter of fact, I think heroin is less because some people uh, uh, are prescribed it or something with, uh, with, with cancers or something like that. I, I really don't know. But I always, when people start getting into the argument with me, Sal, I always say one thing I ask them one question I go, How many people do you know? that smoked pot or ate a gummy bear and went home <laughs> or brownie. and beat the hell out of their wife. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, none. I, it, it, I mean, but that happens regularly with alcohol. You know, there was an interesting t- statistic that I read uh, uh, late last year, late last year, like <laughs> you know, last two, year. two weeks ago, ago. Like last you know, week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like last week um, about uh, uh, alcohol versus marijuana. And, and there were something like 38,000 deaths uh, contributed. This test was taken in 2014. 38,000 deaths related to alcohol in 2014. Zero
3: deaths related to marijuana in the same year. I, I mean, what do you think? I think it's an interesting topic. And, uh, but, but I will tell you, we've always been taught in my school system that marijuana was the gateway drug to other things. How do you feel about that?
2: Well, to be honest with you, I think that that's uh, uh, BS. You know, I mean, you know, it that was what they pounded down our throats years and years ago. They used to say stuff like, oh, you know, smoke one joint and it's equal to smoking a pack of cigarettes. Oh, your lungs will be this and that. Well, that was before they were doing testing. And a lot of the tests weren't able to be done because it was on that banned substance list. But over the last several years, specifically to almost 20 now, um, they've been doing extensive research and you want to know, they have found zero, zero negative uh, aspects of, of marijuana. Even smoking it, you would think would do damage to your lungs or something, and it doesn't. It's actually an anti-cancer. Uh, you know, so I I don't know, man. Uh, all well, I can say it's is it's
1: very interesting. It though. is. I think. Uh, well, well, did you I see that? I think i
2: invest in it. Well, did you? See, I, I did only because it was, you know, it was it was easy to get in. But uh, but the truth of the matter was I, I, not. I think it was last year, and I, I mean the year before. Yeah. They did a they did a show on uh, this this kid, and I think he was out of New Jersey for some reason. Um, and the kid was um had a severe. Uh, problem with um, I don't know if it was seizures or or whatever it was, and the only thing that cured this kid was marijuana. And yeah, it was Jersey I because I well, think I remember. Yeah, it it this. was Jersey. Now that I remember, because Christy refused yeah. to 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 give this kid a script, and the end result was the parents picked up and moved, and and they moved out to uh, California or Oregon or whatever they could get the medicinal stuff for this kid. And it was a miraculous turnaround. I mean, once they started, and the kid's not smoking joints. They're giving it to him in, in uh, oil form or pill form or whatever they're doing. And it was this whole show on this guy and uh, miraculous uh, turnaround um, uh, from the results of, of the stuff. So, uh, you know, hey, listen, all I'm saying to anybody that's negative on open your eyes. I mean, you know, t- like I said, it's not, it's not a, a bad thing. And as far as Mike Tyson goes, they've already broke ground. They're in a town uh, outside of uh, Los Angeles, uh, I guess uh, uh, maybe an hour's drive, two hours drive out of Los Angeles. It's in a small town, a population of 15,000, and uh, the uh, mayor of that town um, uh, is 100% uh, supportive. They, they had a big uh, cutting uh, of the ribbon ceremony yesterday and uh, all this stuff, so I mean— Um, I I think that it's going to be good for Mike Tyson. Uh, Apparently, he's playing a a very active role. And uh, speaking of uh, marijuana stocks, they're forecasting by 2020, which is only two years from now, Sal, that the California alone, the California state marijuana business is going to reach $7 billion. If the government can't see revenue being made here...
3: I don't know, man. What's your thoughts? Well, I think as long as the government sees revenue and sees taxation with participation, <laughs> I think uh, I think they're going to uh, allow it to uh, continue and to enable it. And I think it could be a large revenue uh, income stream for a lot of people and a lot of uh, taxation going on here. No, I, I, hey, if it's medicinal purpose, uh, I, I think it, it's it's phenomenal if if they really are finding that many. Attributes as far as what it can cure, what it can do, what it can prevent, what it can ease. Um, so I, I definitely hey let's let's uh, let's let it run its course and let's hope hopefully see it being uh, directed in the right fashion. That's all.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I anything that Mike Tyson does that that um, you know can help him. I, I'm all for, and Keep this sounds busy. like this sounds like they're doing it the right way. It's going to be, you know, with Mike's name on it, uh, people are going to come for the curiosity factor. But it is what it is, and and just from the business aspect, whether people will support uh, marijuana or not, uh, neither here nor there. If I were the government, I, you know, I would look at this, and and just looking at the state of California and the amount of money that they're they're making now um and what the projections are if i was the feds what i would do you see because right now what they're doing is they have like a uh, we don't care where it's coming from we don't want to know but we're going to tax you on what you sell so what they've done is they've set up these little shops that are pretty much and I, as far as i know so i don't think the the uh, banks will let
3: you make deposits yet will they you know that's a great question i don't know I, I, hey, if it's a legalized uh, substance and everything else is ready to go, you know they they do it on a date of the book. So uh, I think it's going to be a segue kind of thing to to find out what they're allowing, what they're not allowing. But I think everybody's going to be caught and and trying to say, hey, we're going to see how we must uh, handle this, uh, and 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 they'll learn by doing. That's all. Well, the thing is, is the federal government haven't hasn't changed their stance. So the banks
2: won't take money from a marijuana company. Uh, so I don't know how they're doing that. But the, but my point was, is if the government was smart, what they would do, and it would create jobs, what they should do is they should grow it. It should be on federally uh, uh, grown fields or, or farmers that have nothing to grow or are or, or dying out west. Give them marijuana to grow and then the feds police it. In other words, they grow it, they tax it, they sell it, similar to tobacco and firearms, right? And and then the revenue stream would be controlled and, uh, and they would be able to, to tap into way more money uh, than the states are because you would assume like a mom and pop deli a cash business people coming in buying their stuff paying cash the 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 company gonna say ah, I made a hundred bucks this week when they made a hundred thousand you know and uh, it's hard to police but uh, anyway hold that thought we're gonna wrap that up I got some more hey. news Sal wait till you hear about this this is this is about your guy your buddy who you uh, we're gonna try to get down to our next event. Uh, but more than you are looking for him. Hold that thought because uh, we, uh, we will be back here uh, in about two. Billy C will
0: be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C Interact with the show at Billy C.
2: And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, I guess if you're a supporter of Mike Tyson. Light up today. Yeah, I I don't know. One last thing about that, Sal. Yeah. And the thing that interests me, you know, Mike Tyson has been, uh, you know, uh, involved with some businesses uh, since his retirement that they've attached his name to a promotional company and and several others that he did that one-man show. But the thing that interests me about this story is that Mike Tyson is going to be an active Uh, part of of this business it 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 seems to me that he is not only use letting you know them use his name but you know from the report I read um, it's saying that he's actually going to be teaching um, one of the uh, one of the classes on on how of uh, you know how to grow how how to grow your own I I find that uh, pretty interesting I, I guess he's become an expert what do you think
3: I think so, without the harmful insecticides, right? Oh, man, I can't believe this. <laughs> it's interesting. Hey, anything that Mike Tyson can do that's productive, that he likes and he's passionate about, uh, you know, you look at a, a warrior like Mike and um, what can you say? You know, you just wish him the best and uh, let his ventures be successful and let him put that, uh, that intensity and that passion and that fervor into uh, something that could be very productive and good. Yeah,
2: you know, I, uh, you know, the funny thing uh, uh, about uh, uh, Mike Tyson is, you know, he had, I, I know in Arizona one time, I think he got arrested for possession or something like that. So uh, maybe he does, uh, maybe he does know uh, more about it than, uh, than you think. It. I Listen, I hope it works out well. And all kidding aside, it's, it's a, uh, it's a topic that. You know, there's two obviously two sides of the fence, you know, and it just seems that people, it's almost like a political discussion because people that are supportive of it are very supportive. People that are against it are very against it. And um, it, it just seems, you know, I, I'll never forget, and, and you talk about uh, pesticides, you know, back in the 70s, there was a big scare in the United States because uh, a lot of uh, the Mexican, a lot of the pot was coming from Mexico. And they were using uh, uh, paraqu- uh, paraquat, I think it was called. It was an insecticide. I remember that name. Paraquad. Yeah, they, they, wow. they it, w- it was an acest- It was a pesticide to kill insects off the weed growing, or people, and, and it was killing people, right? You know, or so people. you know, so I mean, <laughs> when you look at it from that respect, and you look at the numbers of the amount of people that you know admit to using it, um, the government would be smart to police it in all aspects so oh, it's a safety factor and all that yes yeah, so what do you think about that
3: well they're gonna have to absolutely. absolutely this is gonna as you said this could be something that's gonna create some jobs it's gonna create the, uh, some uh, uh money and income and and it's gonna be another revenue stream and you know, but it's got to definitely be police. I mean, like the restaurant industry, you got to get the health department, and they're inspecting you every couple of months and, and everything else. Yeah, the same thing with a commercial kitchen or a kitchen or, or something of that nature that's going to be something that the public has uh, ties to that the, they have to have it uh, secured and, and remain healthy and, and above board so that people who consume it with confidence uh, are not going to have any ill effects in the long run.
2: Well, I wish uh, Iron Mike uh, well, and uh, it's part of what they're calling the green rush. Remember, they, saying. The they had the gold rush. Well, that's what I'm saying. They had it. the gold rush, and now they have the green rush uh, uh, to California. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, keep your eyes open for it. It's the uh, Tyson Ranch. Um, like they've uh, already uh, created a company called Tyson Holistics, Uh, They've also uh, trademarked uh, the term Iron Mike Genetics uh, for use by the new uh, Tyson Ranch. They haven't announced the opening date yet, uh, but they are in the middle of construction. They just broke ground uh, yesterday. So uh, two hours north of L.A. Uh, I would think that uh, Mike is going to do very well up there. I, I have high hopes for Mike Tyson and his and his marijuana farm, or whatever he's going to call it.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, some too, other interesting too, just, news. Getting into
2: chicken. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of chicken, <laughs> I, uh, chicken. Uh, well, speaking of chicken, uh, this guy was never uh, a chicken, and uh, you could never uh, accuse him of being uh, a chicken. Uh, but and and I've always called him a vampire. We we your buddy man, Vinny Pazienza, the Paz man. I've the always called him man. a vampire because. You know, Vinny's been on the show a couple of times, but he, yeah. he he's a night guy. You know, he wakes oh, up at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He goes out, and he, he comes home at 5 in the morning. When we used to air uh, between 5 and 7 in the morning, I used to get Vinny to come on the show uh, before he went to bed. You know, he was coming back from the clubs, and I said, Vinny, you're a, you're a vampire, you know. And, uh, uh, well, uh, apparently um, – He does more than just do. Accusing him of a vampire is more than just being a night owl. Apparently, it was reported uh, yesterday that uh, he attacked a a Rhode Island guy, uh, sending him to the hospital uh, after uh, biting him. Uh, Apparently, uh, the Providence police say they were called uh, to a home, and they said uh, uh, that uh, witnesses told him, that Pazienza uh, accused a friend of his uh, for stealing $16,000 uh, and then assaulted him. Uh, not only did he uh, have several, the the the, uh, the guy who uh, got smacked around, he uh, uh, reportedly, Pazienza broke several of his teeth, gave him a black eye, and gave him a bite that drew blood, Sal. Now the police are looking for him uh, what's your thoughts on, on Vinnie Platt, Paz? you know, he wants to suck your blood. He, he might be a vampire. What do you think? My
3: man. No comment. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm sorry to hear that boy. I'll tell you, I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I can't stop saying I uh, yeah but, uh, <laughs> I I am a loss for words uh, I'm sorry uh, to hear this you know I, boy, listen oh boy uh, I, I was going to give Vinny a call this week to see if he was going to come down but well, maybe he might might be well maybe he wants to t- come Dane. down maybe maybe he needs to get
2: out of town maybe At this is a club. really good time maybe this is the best time for you to call him say hey Vinny want you come <laughs> you know what you should say is say hey Vin why don't you come down we'll have a bite well no 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 I meant a bite to eat Vinny I meant a bite to eat you know but uh, oh, but
3: anyway, you know, let's let this, let's let the, uh, let let it air for a little bit, and let's get the truth and see what happened. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, the guy's got to eat, Sal. The guy's got to <laughs> eat.
2: You know, I, I, mean, you know, if he's got to nibble out of somebody's neck, I mean, you know, uh, you, you, you do. I, I, Phil, I met this woman know, one time, it, Phil. and she says, <laughs> you know, I, it's, you know, they she was a kind of a wacky. Her and her friend are telling me that, uh, uh they, uh. When they get real drunk, the ones going, ah, "I wake up in people's hammocks," uh, you know, I went into the wrong house, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And Who's then all this? of a sudden, one woman says, "Well, when I get too drunk, I turn into a vampire." And I said, "Okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite this hook." I said, <laughs> "I want to know what do you do when you turn into a vampire?" She said, "Well, I get so drunk." You know, and she says, I start going up to people saying, I want to suck your blood. And I go, ah, well. And I said, well, you know, I mean, you're just drunk. She says, well, then I bite them on the neck. And I go, what? (laughs) She goes, yeah, people have, 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 you know, really gotten pissed at me. And I go, why are you biting people on the neck? She says, I tell you, when I get drunk, I think I'm a vampire. I said, I think you're just drunk. <laughs> what? I, I mean, and, and again, you know, when was the last time you heard somebody smoke a joint and say, I want to bite you on the neck? You look like a Doritos chip to me. I, I don't know. I don't know,
3: Sal. I mean, uh, alcohol is way
2: worse. It's way worse. No. Bill. <laughs>
3: No, I won't say it. Say it. Say it. Go ahead, Sal.
2: Today's one of those days. I don't know what happened. I don't know what no, was in my no. – I thought it was uh, non-dairy creamer, but you never know. But uh, have, what, 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 what What? were you going to say? Do you have any gummy bears lying around there? <laughs> no, I've never – you know, I, I've never done that. And, and, I, and I'll and tell you the truth. Uh, one time I did try a uh, – somebody made, you know, like brownies. And it yeah. doesn't affect me like like that at all. And I, I just, I don't do that. Uh, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people do, but uh, I don't. But anyway, hey, listen, we got a bunch of uh, emails to read. Um, but uh, but first, uh, we're scheduled to have Dax Kahn join us. I'm curious to all hear right. what his thoughts are. And uh, we're going to take a break right now, Sal. And when we come back, we'll have Dax Kahn. We'll get his thoughts on boxing from 2017, what we can expect in 2018, and what he thinks of uh, Mike Tyson's uh, ranch. And no, it's not a uh, bunny ranch. It's a weed ranch. I'm curious to hear what Dax says. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get Dax on the line here in about two minutes. In the meantime, don't go nowhere.
0: Billy C. will be right back. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson.
2: Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait,
0: what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this.
2: Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there.
0: Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> C- <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back show at billycboxing.com
2: and we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us today and don't forget we want you to be with us on january 19th when sal and i uh do another Billy C. Boxing event. It's going to be taking place at the Seapoms Palms Resort in St. Simons Island. So check it out, seapoms.com And uh, give them a call and tell them you want, uh, you want to be part of the Billy C. event on January 19th. We're going to show you not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights. Uh, and uh, we'll have uh, some food there for you, a cash bar. You don't want to miss this. Join us, January 19th. Speaking of joining us, joining us right now. To get his thoughts on uh, boxing in 2017, what to expect in 2018, and what he thinks about Mike Tyson's new pot farm, Uh, Dax Khan joins us. Dax, what's up, my man? Happy New Year! Good
1: morning, hey! Happy New Years. Just tell everybody told Sal Happy New Years. How was your New Year's?
2: My New Year's was good. I don't know what they put in my coffee today. I think Mike Tyson stopped (laughs) by. But uh, uh, what's first before you get into uh, your your final thoughts on 2017 and uh, what we should expect in 2018. What do you think about the news of uh, the Tyson Ranch 40-acre uh, uh, marijuana facility he's building out in California? I don't. You don't what?
1: I don't think about it.
2: <laughs> well, what's your thoughts on it?
1: It's okay, so he's doing it. It's it's relevant to nothing.
2: Oh, all right, well, what's your thoughts on 2017's the boxing then? It's relative yeah. to our topic today, but what's your thoughts on uh, 2017 and boxing?
1: You know, uh, you know, I, I've given a lot of thought to 2017, um, especially um, there was an email that was sent in by a listener yesterday, um, he was talking about what a great year that 1997 was, and, um, and he's right, you know, that was certainly a fantastic year in terms of uh, quantity and quality of fights, and same thing with uh, 2017, and you know, there was a lot of uh, similarities um, in, in those two years, uh, not only for what took place in those years, but... Um, I see what, what if for, the, for the year following up, if that makes sense. You know, as I was talking with Sal, and I know I've shown Joel this poster before, um, in my uh, office, as a matter of fact, in front of my desk, I have a poster from the 1997 Boxing Hall of Fame. And on there you have, um, I have signatures from Marvin Hagler, Kit Gavilan, um Benitez, Pryor, Fulmer, uh, Pep, Jose Torres, Tony DeMarco, Alexis Arguello, Sadler, Patterson, you name it, you know, there's, there's, there's a ton of them. Um, If you read my article on the front page, um, you know, I talk about, you know, some of the great fights and quality matchups we had in 2017. You know, we had the the Klitschko-Joshua fight, we had the Canelo-Triple-G fight, the Ward-Kovalev-Lomachenko-Rigandau. And no matter how they ended, no matter what anybody's opinions were of the scores, they were all uh, genuine top ten pound-for-pound fighters, you know, facing one another. Uh, You know, uh, we've seen a lot of guys go out in 2017. We've seen a lot of guys retire. And one guy who... Retired on a loss, Vladimir Klitschko, I'm speaking about, actually raised his profile going out on the loss against Anthony Joshua, which uh, was named by most people the, the fight of the year. You know, his overall legacy, you know, he, he goes down, he gets up, he walks through punches, he drops Joshua, he answers questions on Joshua. The public had, as we spoke about the last time, and, you know, uh, Klitschko actually, you know, showed that he isn't this boring fighter, and even as an older fighter, and uh, we also seen that Anthony Joshua, when the time comes, he can answer adversity. Uh, We lost so many members of the sport in 2017, Bill. Um, Over 50 former members, whether they're judges or journeymen, Hall of Famers, in my whole life, either watching boxing or, um, you know, covering boxing or work for a sanctioning body or owning a gym. I don't remember that many fighters passing away in one year being, you know, again, Olympians, uh, you know, amateurs, national amateurs, uh, journeymen. Can you remember that many passing away in one year?
2: I think last year was a pretty high. No- and I don't mean 2017. I mean, 2016. You know, I mean, it's just it, it's natural because think of the numbers of how many fighters there were. You know, in that era, you know, in the in the you know 50s and 60s, and they're all at that point now in in their lives. So yeah, it's going to seem uh, like a lot. I know we lost some young ones too, which you know is is always uh, uh, a sad thing. But one comment I want to make uh, about your uh, uh, point about the Klitschko uh, Anthony Joshua fight. I mean, it was definitely my fight of the year, not only for the excitement factor but also for the significance uh, of what it did to the sport, uh, for the sport, I should say. But one thing I, I, I do want to comment and make clear, you know, Vladimir Klitschko, and I agree with what you said, um, he, uh, he definitely put on a performance that was not uh, his usual style. And I All I could help, and I thought about it at the time, and I can't stop thinking about it in terms of Vladimir Klitschko, and and you and I specifically have had this conversation about Vlad many, many times over the years, and he is an all-time great, and he did dominate the heavyweight division for so long, and he's almost like a guy that, you know, unless you're a diehard boxing fan, you may never have even heard of him. I just feel that if this guy's style was the way he fought Anthony Joshua... I think people would be talking about Vladimir Klitschko as one of the greatest of all time. Not even, not even, you know, having that butt. You know, he's a great fighter. He dominated. You know, buddy was boring. Buddy, he he did this. Buddy did that. I wish he performed like that uh, more than what he did. To be honest with you,
3: what do you think, uh, Sal? Well, I think his legacy is going to be that he. Remain as the champion as long as he did, and and uh, he was beating everybody. Maybe he wasn't the most exciting fighter, but when he had to do it and had to show what he was capable of doing, he he said, "Hey, you know, this is this is me, and this is what I'm going to show people I could do." Well, and you know, you're in the trenches; your instincts take over, and and uh, basically, he he fought for uh, his his victory for his survival that night, and um, even though he came up short you know it was the passion the heart that kept bringing them into the game into the ring and and into the next round and uh you know uh I, I, most fighters have that and possess that it's just when they're tested they they could some shine and some fail and uh you know we, we'll remember uh klitschko for so many reasons uh, i mean like i said this guy has been uh, a heavyweight champion for how many years and 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 how many opponents and you know you can't blame the the uh the era where he is the champion that there's there's not the 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 prime beef out there that he can uh tackle at all times but uh you know he had his moments and uh he was a reigning champion and you know i, I respect him and i appreciate him for being the fighter that he was and that he still is Hey, Dax, I agree with you about
2: his value going up, but you and I, I can't remember if we talked about it extensively or if it was in one of your articles that you wrote, but you made a comment one time, um, and and you said not only has he controlled the division for a decade, you could make the argument that he hadn't lost a round up until until the fight with Anthony Joshua. I mean, talk about dominating.
1: His brother actually, uh, Vitaly, actually holds that that statistic um, in a fight. He was never behind in a fight. Um, even the fights he lost, he was never behind on the scorecards. But, yes, there was an article that we speak about. Uh, if you Google it, um, I forget even who I, I wrote it for, and the title of the article is "Is Vladimir Klitschko too good for his own good. And I wrote that article just after the Lehman Brewster for, uh, rematch where I said Vladimir Klitschko is going to be so dominant and he's going to uh, win so easily that fans aren't going to appreciate exactly how good he is because he's not going to go out there and knock everybody out. Um, but uh, back you know, to what we were talking about, Uh, you know with 2017 again the United States was shown up by Japan Um, the the entire uh, boxing world was shown up by Japan who closed out uh, 2017 in spectacular fashion on December 30th and 31st, with top name fighters, uh, uh, Noyo Onui, the uh, super flyweight sensation, made another defense of his WBO title with a third-round stoppage over Yohan Bayou. Um, his brothers Takumi and Koki, they had dominant victories. Kenshiro, the WBC light flyweight champion, um, who had a sensational 2017. If he fought any place else but Japan, or uh, maybe in a different division, he would have been in the running for Fighter of the Year. Uh, You know, after nine fights, he wins uh, the light uh, WBC flyweight light flyweight title from Gannigan Lopez and he defends against Pedro Gueva on the 30th he just literally um, you know dominated uh, Gilberto Pedroza you know knew he's going to be back on the Superfly 2 card you know so these guys here uh, you know the United States again has been shown that there's a difference between what's going on here and the way the fans are looking at the sport here and and the mentality of the promoters from here than the rest of the world Um, you know something interesting I learned about Ken Shiro Um, You know, his birth name is Kenshiro Tajara. You know, um, when he tried to register himself uh, to be a fighter, he tried to use his first name only, Kenshiro. And remember back in the old days that fighters like to use monikers or they like to use nicknames, but the Japanese Boxing Commission denied that request. So, uh, Shiro to uh, overcome this, because his family didn't want him to use his last name, Uh, they didn't want him to become a fighter, he broke his first name up into two parts, Ken and Shiro.
2: Oh, interesting. Oh, you know, uh, just to comment on on what you said uh, about uh, uh, USA uh, and Japan. You know, uh, Japan has found that niche with the uh, New Year's, uh, the 30th, 31st, the, the New Year's Eve Eve and New Year's Eve fights. I think they're the only place that really does it on a consistent basis. And I agree that it shows you the level of support from the fans because, let's face it, here in the states, the fan base does not go and support the sport of boxing in any way, shape, or form on holidays. And I'm talking about going to live events or watching it on TV. And quite honestly, you know, the UK, which I think has taken over the sport and is is you know uh, spreading here its wings here to the states with the uh, addition of uh, uh, promoters uh, coming over here to promote. Um, they don't do it either. So I think Japan found a little niche, and I'm glad that they're keeping up with it. And the way they have, just like you mentioned, uh, Dax, they, they've put on some good shows. Last year was a, was a good event, too. They had, I think, four or five uh, world championships over those two days. And uh, they've, uh, they've kept that ball going. And I think that that is their little niche. I, I don't see anybody competing with Japan for quite some time with the uh, New Year's Eve Eve and New Year's Eve uh, night fights.
1: Or, or especially with any division, in my opinion, under bantamweight. Um, But, uh, you know, what does boxing need to have happen in 2018 for it to be just as, if not better than 2017? You know, some major changes have to be uh, taken, not only in the promotion stance, but uh, the media stance and the fans' point of view stance. And, uh, you know, we're all responsible for that, um, whether—by all responsible, I mean by, uh, you know, broadcasters, television networks, you know, shows like ours, um, writers, uh, magazines, etc. You know, in 2017, Robert Guerrero, Orlando Salido— Juan Manuel Marquez, Miguel Cotto, Vladimir Klitschko, Andre Ward, uh, retired suddenly, Timothy Bradley, all retired. Um, were some on the downside? Absolutely. Um, you know, guys like Bradley and Marquez didn't even fight in 2017, Marquez not even in 2016. Uh, and that sudden announcement of Andre Ward, the fact that all this took place at one time literally changed the uh, the landscape of boxing. Okay, these guys weren't fighting actively, but that official announcement changed that landscape and it kind of put up a banner that said the new era has officially begun. Now that question is, Bill Sal. Will boxing allow a new era to begin? Will the fans allow it? Can the media, most importantly, allow it? And can we all get over this bad habit that we see time and time again? Can we stop recycling the same names? Can the media stop recycling the same names, whether it's TV, whether it's uh, internet, whether it's magazine, all for uh, the the, uh, sake that what the promoters do? is they know already that these names are going to draw in the readers and they use these names to get the readers in there or to start promoting a fight and then they're not building on the other names because the readers have become bored or the fans have become bored with watching these same guys because they're not performing at that same level. Can boxing change this habit to make 2018 a sensational year just like 2017 or even be able to sell fights that aren't even on um, that pound for pound status but you know fights that at one point in time we'd sit down and watch and say, you know what, this was a good night of fights, even if the guys that were fighting aren't guys that you knew offhand just by uh, their names on the screen.
2: Well, personally, um, first of all, I agree 100%. The the retread, which I like to call them retreads, um, is terrible for the sport, and it turns new fans away, and it turns old fans away. Um, But that's not the fault of the media. Uh, i think that that's the fault of the promoters because I, like i've said years ago promoters don't promote anymore they're lazy they don't want to do the like Sal has referred to in the past grassroots promoting knocking on the doors uh, doing uh, doing you know what made boxing so popular in its heyday uh, now they they go to social media that's it they hope that it all uh, uh, works and then when it doesn't They blame the sport. Ah, the boxing's dead. Ah, the fans aren't interested. Well, they're not promoting and making you feel... You know, a lot of people talk negatively of Don King. But Don King made you feel that if you didn't go watch one of his shows, you were missing out on something big. That's called promoting. That's something that the promoters today don't do. Now, as far as the fans are concerned, you know, a lot of these younger fans, and and the three of us have talked about this a lot, are just not educated in the sport they believe what they read they believe what uh, they think they're seeing etc etc I think that if uh, young fans just getting into the sport would go back and and spend a little time learning about some of the past greats and why they were great I think that they would uh, uh, agree that the, the sport needs to go back in that direction now with that said I think we have the capability with the athletic ability of the fighters of today to be in one of the greatest eras ever. The problem is, are they willing to fight? And I think when you get rid of those names, especially the names that you mentioned, with the exception of Orlando Solito and some of the Warriors, uh, but guys like Andre Ward, and like I said the other day, even Floyd Mayweather, um, when those guys are added a mix their cherry-picking ways, their boring styles. When they're out of the mix, everybody else seems to step up their game because they want to fill those slots, fill those voids. And in order to do so, they have to perform. And that's really the beauty of this sport. You don't need to get in front of a mic or in front of a camera and demand respect and say you don't get the recognition you deserve and you're this and you're that and you're everything else. The sport of boxing is, is, is pretty good at giving the accolades deserved based on the performances. And I think that that pressure, Dax, that you mentioned, is on the young fighters' shoulders. And I think for the most part, with, with the uh, you know exit of some of the names that you mentioned, uh, I think that we have a good group. And I think they are willing to fight each other. I think 2018 is going to tell the story, to be honest with you.
1: And and we do have a great group of fighters, and we have a, a group of young talent coming up, but again, it's the combination of what the promoters put out, what the networks put out, and what the media puts out, um, especially how all that incorporates into social media, and that's what the, gets the fans circulating and talking, uh, you know, unless we start talking about more than a few fighters... Collectively, or or the whether or not promoting a few fighters collectively, because we know that these the small talent pool are the ones that are going to grab that attention. The sport isn't going to uh, uh, have you know these same types of repeat years. Uh, for a perfect example, Basil Lomachenko and Anthony Joshua, while both are uh, you know two arguably biggest superstars in the sport right now and are definitely uh, you know worth talking about on a regular basis, there needs to be a limit. Whether or not it's the media, what they say, or the the YouTube, or how the uh, um the network's place it out you know Vasyl Lomachenko and Anthony Joshua who don't have 30 combined fights between them They have the same accolades as Ray Leonard, Alexis Arguello, Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, Vladimir Klitschko. It took them, you know, Salvador Sanchez, That took them a whole career to develop. You know, boxing, what we need to really stop doing is prematurely declaring fighters the greatest of all times based off one, two, three, four wins. You know, we have to, um, you know, stop putting these unreasonable expectations on what what you know what we want from the promoters on a regular basis or what we want from the TV networks on a regular basis and we have to stop clinging to just two or three fighters because what we're doing in that is we're actually we're lowering the talent pool on our own and we on the opposite side what we do is we seem to feed into negative attention lately we talk about this TMZ type promotion or WWE type promotion how many times over the last year was Adrian Broner and his nonsense whether or not he had a gun he was um uh, you know for attention saying he was going to shoot himself or he was getting in trouble for drinking and driving or Javante uh, uh, Davis not making weight and and calling women names did they make headlines um, can boxing you know again it, it's the same thing where you know they're drawing uh, the networks and the media are drawing the fans into there they know that these younger fans are uh, easily um, uh, attracted by you know such behavior so this is what we're using to build up ratings but yeah we go and we ignore the guys that should get the attention. An example on that would be uh, Billy Joe Sanders. Okay, there's understandable, there's a lot of questions on Billy Joe Sanders, even after the David Lemieux fight. But before then, Billy Joe Sanders, because of his uh, personality, you know, he turns a lot of guys off. But, you know, now that Billy Joe Sanders has called out Triple G and Canelo, Triple G and Canelo are continuously still. doesn't matter whose uh, fault it is, they're both having this problem on making this rematch happen. Now, when Saunders goes out there after a sensational performance like he did over David Lemieux, what's going to happen is, the boxing media and the fans and uh, the networks, they're going to blame Billy Joe Saunders for not fighting a Triple G or fighting a Canelo, when Triple G and Canelo have no interest in fighting anybody, let alone each other, unless there's that certain payday for. We can't continue giving this negative attention Uh, To the guys who aren't doing their job, and then sit there and rob ourselves, rob the sport of the guys who are actually out there trying to do exactly what you said be warriors and fight and uh, try and uh, fill these slots that aren't being filled. Um, uh, We're putting ourselves more or less in a stalemate. Luis Ortiz is another prime example of that. Um, The Luis Ortiz uh, PED debate, whether or not it was a prescription, Um, he didn't tell the. Uh, sanctioned bodies and he didn't tell Vada beforehand, so that's why uh, the Deontay Wilder fight never went through. The WBA doesn't let him fight, but the WBC's allowing him to fight now. This was, you know, uh, four, five and six months. This was in headlines at least twice a week. Then we have a WWE type internet after um Luis Ortiz comes back and he fights a less than mediocre Daniel Martz. You know, we as boxing as a whole, we criticize this WWE incident. We criticize these actions. We criticize both sanctioning bodies. But you know, something we spoke about this on a regular basis. But what we should have been speaking about is Daniel Dubois. The six foot five amateur standout that they're already whispering now after five fights that you know what, in ten more fights, he'll beat Joshua and Wilder both. Can boxing allow ourselves to start broadening out, talking about the fighters for the right reasons, ignoring the negative attention and letting this sport expand. Because as the sport and the superstars and this talent pool starts to lessen, then you know what? The money coming in for these promoters and the TV network starts to lessen and the interest of the fans starts to lessen because. Because you know what, they haven't been introduced to this wide talent pool, and then all of a sudden, boxing gets sent into this, you know, this, uh, you know, sort of abyss. You know, uh, the, the interest gets lost, and in this TMZ, and in this social media era, and in this uh, YouTube era, what happens is the fan base starts going elsewhere. Does that make sense?
2: Well, first of all, I, news is news is news. I mean, it's not just boxing. Uh, I hear your what your point is, but when these idiots do something that gets them, uh, you know, front page, uh, you know, maybe some of them and some of their fans thinks it's cool when they get arrested for this or that, or the other thing, but it's not. But I think the moral of everything you said is that the sport of boxing is starved for characters. What made boxing so popular at, at, at you know, in years gone by was that we had characters to relate to, good or bad. You know, Mike Tyson is a great example of that. You know, people either loved him or hated him, but he was a character. Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, you know, obviously Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. Yeah, you know, all these guys. That's something that we don't have anymore, Sal. And I think no. that these younger uh fighters, they're they're trying to develop it, but they have so many people part of their team and whispers in their ears. You know, that that maybe they don't make the right decision or they're saying to themselves, hey, this is my life. I risk my life getting in the ring. I want to make the money. And and, and then they look at some previous guys with the success and not just mediocre success, big-time success, like Floyd's financial success. You know, other fighters want to emulate that. Human nature is to, you know, follow success. And if it works for somebody, it could work for you. And I just think that the sport is starved, for characters and i think if it's given an opportunity sal i
3: think that they can come back what do you think well i think you're right and and what you just said is so true when you have a character whether even like a don king i mean he was bigger than life uh you knew who he was he had face recognition he had his self-touting behavior that was uh that was bigger than life and and this gathered and, and, and uh, fans around and people in the sport that uh, wanted to hear what was being said, what was being declared. And the same thing with fighters. You have some fighters that are, are, are quiet and respectful, and you have some fighters that have a personality, that, that like to toot their own horn. That have, there's something. What you just said is so true, though. We, we need the kind of fighters that draw the fans to the game. And I'm not saying they have to be completely off the wall antics and things like that. No, but they have to have some type of personality behind their punches uh, that that will attract the people to the game. That uh, wow, this guy said that. Well, let me look at him. Let's see what he's about. You know, those are the things during the uh, past eras that that were always bringing the casual boxing fan to the game. So, you have the purist that's going to watch boxing no matter what because they love boxing. They love the art. They love the skill level. Level. They love the skill set. And they want to see a good uh, competition between two combatants. But you also will attract the secondary or the tertiary or the casual fan that that wants to see a personality. So there's a lot that goes on and there is no secret formula. It's just you know the stars haven't had the alignment that as they they did with the past decades or past eras. So you know we uh we're waiting for those kind of personalities to develop and to to get to the, to the, to the uh, attraction and the, to the media to see what People are going to say, hey, what's this guy about? Hey, Dax, I got less than 30 seconds before I got to take a break. Right. Quick and, question. And we, have you.
1: Those, quick, and we have those. Uh, quick question,
2: that, Dax, to you is the fact that um, we do have characters today. Uh, yeah. However, they are negative characters. Of course. Um, you know, I, yeah. do, where's the line? You got less than 30 seconds.
1: We, we just have to draw the line of not you know, focusing on two or three guys. We have to build the guys up from the bottom to the top in all ways like we used to. Mike Tyson's a perfect example. You know, the only reason why Mike Tyson's being spoken about in his marijuana form is because Mike Tyson was such a dynamic fighter and then he um, actually, you know, even with his worst and lowest times in the public, you could relate to him as, you know, a genuine person. You've seen him evolve as a person and that's why Mike Tyson still remains a, a superstar, a global phenomenon even away from boxing. And we have a lot more of these guys today except you know what there's just not being uh, marketed right because it's all about that old mentality and it's all about you know the right now it's nothing about with the future and, and you know that's just uh, that's my biggest issue with the sport if boxing can tone that down a little bit you know look for 2018 to be better than 2017 if not then just look for a lot of complaints
2: dax thanks for your time we'll see you uh are you coming on again this week um I don't know. Well, if not this week. We know we're going to see you Monday. So, uh, all right. Have a we'll good one, then. my man. Listen, <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we got some emails to read and uh and then some. So, I, I, I don't go nowhere. That's the bottom line. Don't go nowhere. Billy
0: C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out billycboxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by by morning. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Talkin' Boxing. Billy Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com
2: And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us. And don't forget about joining us on January 19th. It's our next Billy C. Boxing event. Uh, it's our After the holiday holiday party, that's right, Sal and myself and a couple of former world champions will be at the SeapOMS Resort on Friday, January 19th, and we will be broadcasting not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights for you to check out and watch with us. Not only will you be there with us and part of our audience live as we film this, uh, but we will have food for you. We'll have a cash bar. And you'll be able to mingle and jingle and hang out with some former world champions. So check it out. Visit seapalms.com. Give them a call today and tell them you want to book uh, a room and uh, a weekend. Make it a weekend uh, at the beautiful Seapalms Resort for the Billy C. event. Uh, like I said, it's a Friday night, but stay at the SeapOMS for the weekend. Bring the whole family. What a great golf course it is. And uh, if you're in the Northeast like we are uh you want to get down to a place that's a little warm. But uh,
3: today, I guess it's not that warm down there, is it, Sal? No, are you kidding me? I think they're shutting down the island. The causeway might be uh, because, because I... you need it to get to the island. I think they're trying to uh, see if it's going to be cold enough and it's going to be ice or black ice. And, uh, you know, they may they may close it all down. And schools are closed, uh, you know, because there's a threat of, of uh, storm. Uh, I heard, snow, I heard reef, those sna- No, no snow. I, uh, I, rain.
2: He- I heard those giant turtles that cross over those causeways were wearing jackets this morning. They were
3: <laughs>
2: got some emails
3: ear muffs like the ones I have. On yeah, my head right yeah. Now. At least at least they remember
2: to put theirs on. But uh, uh, we got the uh, turtle. <laughs> we got the some turtle. emails. <laughs> we, we got some emails to read. This first one's from Jesse. He says, "Hey, Billy C and Sal, welcome back and happy new year. Happy new year to you, Jess." Uh, he says, uh, "Billy, I believe the Joshua Parker fight should be in the UK or maybe Nigeria." where uh Anthony Joshua's parents are from Saudi Arabia doesn't make any sense I'm pretty sure Nigerian fans would show up uh for uh for AJ um Saudi Arabia doesn't make sense unless they open up a checkbook and pay a hundred million dollars then it makes all the sense in the world makes Um, a lot of sense and Nigeria you know they're starved for boxing um Sam Peter I think was the last big Nigerian uh uh fighter that uh uh, you know, made a made a name for himself Former world heavyweight champ He says, uh, Billy, what's your thoughts on Rios Saying that he wasn't taking serious his training camps Back then, and now he's serious And will be in shape It's disappointing that Rios was out of shape And not serious in his fights, but he still fought his ass off I don't want to hear any excuses After this fight against Garcia Now I heard that the WBC has ordered this fight As an eliminator, which is a joke These guys haven't fought cons- uh, consistently Last year Um They all say it, right, Sal? I mean, uh, you know, it's like the Bob Arum. You know, I I was lying yesterday, but I'm telling the truth today. You know, as many times—listen, nobody loved Bam Bam Rios as much as I did. And, you know, if you're going to say he's out of shape, yeah, maybe in the last couple of fights he was a little out of shape. But like you said, Jesse, he fought his ass off. And for a guy out of shape that can go to distance uh, with the same amount of uh, output, punch output, uh, he's got to be in somewhat of of shape— um, I think his his best days are f- clearly behind him, and this is a payday fight for him. I, that's just my uh, thoughts, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, um, I, I have a hard time believing that Pam uh, Pam Rios uh, claims that he never seriously trained for, for fights. I know towards the end, Sal, but, uh, but he couldn't have achieved the success that he did uh, by not giving it his all. What do you think?
3: No, I, I agree with you. He gave it his all, and you know. But uh, to to say you weren't in shape, or you're gonna train, or you're gonna be serious now, I mean, you should have been serious then. So uh, you know, like I said, he still fought his heart out, and he still fought uh, as if he was in somewhat shape. But uh, you know, to fine tune and to think that you're gonna do something you never did is is a hard reach.
2: Um, Jesse goes on to say, I heard uh that NUA will move to 118 pounds and most likely target uh zolani teat uh i cannot believe he will bypass estrada uh Yafi, uh sir uh, i can't even pronounce his name kudras etc in the 115 pound division um I, you know I, I mean he's a young kid you know uh basically and uh you know, maybe he can't make uh, that weight, although they're only separated by three pounds. Uh, <laughs>
3: three pounds. You know, pounds I, I, he
2: might be moving up uh, for bigger money. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, that's a tough one. Those weight classes, are they go up and down and can move in and out of those weight classes based on what they had to eat the night before. I I, I don't know. I don't know. He says, what's your thoughts on Jimmy G for the 49ers? Is he the real deal quarterback for them? Uh, I think his uh, quick release, accurate, good footwork, and understands the defense. I think the Niners should go after a star receiver like A.J. Green to give him a talented uh, receiver. Um, Garoppolo is the real deal. I wish the New York Jets got him. Uh, this is a guy that was uh, uh, groomed uh, under uh, Tom Brady. Uh, you know, he, he clearly knows the game. Uh, I think the only problem with Garoppolo is is his uh, ability to stay healthy. You know, uh, he, he's the, he's got the type of body build that... Uh, is susceptible to getting hurt. So uh, we'll have to see. If, if I'm the 49ers, the first thing I do is make sure I have a solid line in front of him. Uh, I think he does uh, need to have uh, uh, a couple of good targets. But, I mean, if I'm building that team around Garoppolo, the first thing I'm doing is, is getting uh, some concrete giant linemen that are a real deal. I'm giving them a, a, a threat at running back and, uh, you know, work into a draft, uh, work into a receiver, a couple of receivers, maybe look at the draft. You know, uh, an A.J. Green kind of guy is going to cost too much money. It'll take away from building other aspects of the game and the, uh, for the team. I think that uh, they need to focus on the line for him. They need to give him a running back, and they need to have a lights-out defense. Um, but then again, so does every team, right? But uh, thanks for the uh, email, Jess. Uh, another one is from my man Mitch he says uh hey Billy C, one great fight of 2017 that people seem to have missed on their list of fight of the year candidate was uh Hurd against Trout uh it wouldn't it wouldn't have won uh, but a lot of people forgot about it I, I agree that was a great uh fight Trout did well for for why he and Heard showed me how big that division is junior middleweights. Those guys are monsters. He says, also, TC, Terence Crawford answered some questions about fighting bigger guys with his Instagram photo uh, that I've attached below. And he showed sent me a, a photo of uh, Terrence Crawford, Sal, uh, on a scale weighing 170 pounds. And he wrote next to the weight, I can't wait to start uh, training camp. I'm feeling a bit heavy. Uh, 170 pounds. And then uh, Mitch says, uh, as you can see, he's 30 pounds over 147. And to be honest, was always bigger than his opponents on fight night. You know, Sal, one thing I've always said, and I know you agree, uh, and it's something I I admired about Floyd Mayweather. You know, if if you want to be a great fighter and you want to be a champion, you can't balloon up. And even Terrence Crawford, I mean, I know it was the holidays and stuff like that. But, you know, you could say what you want about Floyd, and I certainly have said many things about the guy. Um, But the truth of the matter is is he was never more than a few pounds over whatever fighting weight he decided to fight at. I think Terrence Crawford isn't doing himself any favors by ballooning up 30 pounds. 30 pounds is a lot of
3: weight, don't you think, to lose in a training camp? Well, it is, and, you know, especially uh, on a frame that maybe isn't used to walking around carrying it. So. You know, he ballooned up. And a lot of it, you know, let, let's take for granted, a lot of it is going to be holiday weight and just uh, bloating and just uh, everything else that's that's uh, involved with uh, the feast of the festivities and consuming everything you can. And, I mean, that's the mentality and mindset. It's like a feast or famine sometimes with some of these fighters. You know, you you have your incentive and you have your reward. And, you know, whether you eat a gallon of ice cream as a reward or, or this and that, it does add up. And it does take a while to to peel it off. But if this was just holiday weight after he had uh, you know uh, his last fight and, and things like that, he shouldn't have that much difficulty. Believe me, he could peel it off. But the bottom line is, if you continue to do things like this, your your body wants to retain all that weight and it's going to get harder and harder for him to lose that weight. So let's hope he just has a little bit of a binge on this uh, holiday uh, spew spree and. And now he can get serious and take it off. But no, no fighter should do that to his body day in, day out, or after each fight. Or so it takes a toll, it takes a, everything else. And that's what you just said about uh, Floyd Mayweather is so true. And most most trainers, you know, I remember them saying, "Hey, you got to always stay within striking distance of your weight. You got to always stay in shape because you never know when that opportunity is going to come." And you know, you really do have to do that. And that's it. You know, Ricky Hatton uh, was uh, famous
2: for really blowing up between fights, and he was an exception to be able to get down to weight. But, you know, the smartest thing a fighter could do is is when they go into training camp for a fight that they sign for, um, to focus not on losing weight for that training camp, to focus on your opponent right. and your game plan. You know, and that's what Floyd always did, and uh, it worked for him, obviously. Um, well, another, yes. Yeah.
3: Excuse me? I'm sorry. I was going to say, and when you go through the natural process of training, you know, you have your run in the morning, then you go into the gym, then you might go for a walk or something else at night. You know, you do burn calories and you could expect to lose those pounds. So, you know, it depends if you go six weeks, eight weeks or 18 months. That was a joke. Uh, you know, you have to you have to plan out how much you're going to lose, what you're going to consume. And, and, you know, you're going to lose two pounds a week. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose water before the fight. You gotta find also what's your most comfortable uh, weight class. I mean, where where do you feel better? Do you feel better fighting at one hundred forty-seven pounds, and then maybe going into the ring that night at one fifty-four or one fifty-two? You know, so so a fighter's got to know himself, and a fighter's got to know where he is at his
2: best. Um, we got another email. This one's from uh, your buddy Raheem. He okay. says. Hey, uh, Raheem. He says, good morning, Billy, C, and Sal. This is Raheem. Hey, Raheem. (laughs) Uh, He says, happy new year to both of you guys. 2017 was great for me. Pacquiao versus Horn. Uh, Chocolito against the guy I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Joshua against Klinchko. Lomachenko against Rigondow. And he's got to always bug me with, you know, he throws in Mayweather McGregor uh, for the record was the best. You know what? Um, It wasn't a record, Raheem. It's a scam. That 49-0 and was only significant towards the heavyweight division. Talk to your father about that. But anyway, he says, uh, now 2018 is looking great. Uh, my upset of the year is going to be Parker knocking out Anthony Joshua. Parker's 24-0 wow. with 18 knockouts, and he's a WBO champ. Parker's young, fast, and has a great jab. He's got a good hook, and he's quick on his feet. He's always in shape, and he had a great amateur career. I think Parker is a younger version of a young faster klitschko and we saw what happened when klitschko down joshua if parker does the same uh, joshua will not make the 10 count oh here's a football question my bears are in need of a coach i want them to pay nick sabian whatever he wants because sabian is the best coach of all coaches will nf teams go after sabian i think my bears should at least call him one more question. Have you read The Art of the Deal by President Trump? It's a great book, and I think that the president did great promoting fights, and I think that uh, he did great in 2017. I like that I will be getting more of my money in the new tax plan. Um, <laughs> first of all, I'll address the Parker issue. I don't think Parker's going to knock out Anthony Joshua. Um, as far as Um, the football question, the coaching uh, question. Um, Nick Sabian, now I'm a big Alabama fan, and I love Nick Sabian as a college coach. Um, But Nick Sabian has already tried his foray into box, into uh, professional football uh, in the NFL. He was a coach for the Miami Dolphins. Did not work out well. Some coaches, their nature and style of coaching will only work on the college level, not because They don't know what they're doing, but because of the players that they have to coach. In college, the players change. They rotate every four years. They got basically a new team, and those players are students. They're kids, and they're trying to achieve to make the NFL when they get paid. They're not getting paid in college, so the teams revolve around the coach. The coach is the man in the NFL. The teams have a tendency in today's era to revolve around the player. And the reason why they revolve around the player is because the player's costing the team $100 million. So what happens is you get a player that doesn't like a coach. The coach has them a $1 million. The player's costing them $10 million for that year, and they get rid of the coach because it's a financial move. Um, I don't think that Nick Saban should do anything but coach Alabama, and not because I'm an Alabama fan. The reason is because the guy's making big bucks. He's like a god in Alabama. He's the 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 record shows it. His success shows it. And you're starting to see other guys move to the NFL. I mean, uh, move from the NFL into the college ranks. Um, you know, yes, we do need a new infusion of uh, new blood uh, in uh, in the NFL. But until The coaches have some power over the players. It's not going to work. Those kick-in-the-ass coaches like Bill Parcells and even Bill Belichick don't work in the NFL anymore. The reason why Bill Belichick does is because he's got a couple of handfuls of rings, and people respect that. When you get a coach that comes in, he could be the best college coach in the history of the sport, but if he's got no Super Bowl rings, the players aren't going to respect him. Uh, Don't count on Nick Sabian going to your Bears, Raheem. And as far as uh, um, reading uh, uh, Trump's book, uh, I have to be uh, honest when I tell you that I did not uh, read uh, uh, Trump's book. But I do agree that he did a great job promoting fights uh, in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, He was influential in the sport. And, uh, you know, contrary to what a lot of people think, I think he's doing a good job as president. I know he says a lot of stupid stuff, but Sal... Uh, And and as far as the tax plan, nobody knows what's happening with that tax plan. So you're going to have to wait a whole year before that comes into view. But I I don't know, not to get political, Sal, but I think he's doing a good job. The economy's doing well. The job rate, uh, you know, job list rate is down. Um, It seems he seems to be creating jobs. I I think a a lot of the negativity is from the media and from a lot of younger people that just have drank the Kool-Aid from their professors, Uh, In college, that's what I think. What do you think?
3: Well, there you go again. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think he's doing a great job. I think he's got a challenge. I think he's doing things. He's shaking things up. I mean, when you profess and your platform is that you want to drain the swamp and change the system and change the structure, and part of the problem is having to deal with the party that you are, are nominated and are representing being part of that problem. So when you have not only the opposing parties uh, not being on your side and then your own party being concerned about how much structure and how much change and how much things you're really going to try to reach for and thinking that they're going to be without a job, it's a hard it's a hard act to follow. So I give them a lot of credit. He's got to have some wiggle room, there's got to be some gray area, and he needs to work with with he needs to work ab- across the aisle and he needs to continue to work and get the, the momentum uh, from his own party on his side, which you know, they, they're not all on board. And that's why he's having some lack of progress in certain areas. And uh, but I'll tell you what. The art of the deal and the whole thing about what Trump represents, is why he won the election. And he can't lose sight of this. People put him in office because he promised he wanted to run for a change and he wanted to do things. And like I said, I I don't think we're going to have to worry that he's going to deviate from what he wants to do. I just think that he is really caught in a rough place on both sides uh, with the opposing parties and and his own party because they're not going to want to allow that much change to occur. So uh, to get things done that he's trying to get done, uh, he's going to need some, uh, some kind uh, friends here to try and get on his side. So he's got to massage it. He's got to do what he's got to do. And I think he's doing a good job thus far. The guy's, the guy's a winner. The guy's a winner. Okay? The guy has done good things, and he's got my support. Okay? And, and I, I just want to let you know that. Thank you very much. What's the story with his hair? I mean, why is it a different color? Well, you know, I think I think they allowed someone to grab that on on on. Uh, I don't know if it was Hillary Clinton or somebody, but they allowed somebody to grab that hair, and that is real
2: hair. I'm I'm just I'm, my point is the color. Some the days, color, hey, some days know, it hey. looks blonde, some days it looks orange, some days it looks gray. I think they got to stop spraying them with whatever they're spraying them with. But anyway, we got one more email. This one's from my man Johnston. He says, Hey, Billy C and Sal, the latest news on this side of the pond is that the AJ Parker fight, uh, uh, let's see, news on the part of AJ Parker fight from Eddie Hearn and AJ plus the WBA. He says, Eddie Hearn confirms that the fight is close and that the New Zealander will not be able to handle the pressure. For me, this is a strong indication that the fight's going to take place in the UK and not Saudi Arabia or Nigeria, likes being, which is being mentioned. Uh, when he talks about pressure, he surely means fighting AJ and the weight of the home crowd. Hearn said, can Parker deal with the pressure? That's only something we'll find out on fight night. He'll never have or never will experiencing anything like this. Only the special fighters are capable of experiencing it and rising above it and actually performing. I don't think Parker will crumble, but will he lose his head? Quite possibly. These are all quotes from Eddie Hearn. Uh He says if he doesn't and he can uh, execute his game plan, then he may be uh, a very special talent. I think Parker is a lot better fighter than he gets uh, looked upon uh, in his last, especially his last couple of fights. Everyone in boxing knows that, but can he handle that performance under that sort of pressure? That's what everybody's asking because we know AJ can. Uh, As far as the rematch clause, the rematch isn't for Anthony Joshua's protection. If he wins, he's going to make an absolute fortune in the rematch. It's a good fight, and Joe. if Joe loses, we'll do it again, no problem. Uh, it's a carrot to show uh, Anthony. Uh, I mean Joseph Parker what's possible. It's an incentive for him to take the fight. If he beats Anthony Joshua, then the first fight he'll want is a rematch because it'll be the biggest fight in boxing. If he does win, uh, he's also going to be the biggest star in the sport. Uh, Joshua said and i quote negotiations are tough but in terms of the love of the sport i won't let this get in the way from achieving my goal because legacy is important to me and i think we're achieving something special to hold all the belts has never been done before so i won't let negotiations get in the way of securing my legacy and what i could achieve in boxing i think we're 95 percent of the way there, uh completing uh our deal with joseph parker uh now uh uh, Johnson says one point about the WBA. They've made now made Alexander Povetkin the mandatory challenger after his recent win over Christian Hammer. I know this is no shock, but I think this will throw a spinner in the works for any potential rematch or any other big fights uh, over the summer. Uh, this is why I think AJ needs to forget about collecting all the belts uh, as he will never be able to keep them all at once and give the fans what we want, and that's wilder. Or even Tyson Fury. He talks legacy. Uh, well, he needs to push the fights, not concentrate on the belts. If anything, he should ditch the WBA belt. The WBA is a joke, a good example of their Money Grammy antics and complete utter ignorance to boxing uh, and its fans since 2011, when the WBA decided to recognize two world champions instead of one. The WBA has made more loads of cash and sanctioning fees, hence, This is why they'll never have one champion. If you fancy a laugh, as of Wednesday, here's their top 15. Alexander Povetkin, number one. Frezaquendo, number two. Frezaquendo hasn't fought in over three years. Uh, (laughs) Jarrell Miller, number three. Kubat Pulov, number four. Trevor Bayan, number five. Christian Hammer, number six. Dillian White, number seven. Alexander Ustinov, number eight. B.J. Flores at number nine. Guillermo Jones at number ten. Uh, G- G- Giliama Jones is 105. Uh, Otto Whalen at number 11. Brian Jennings at number 12. Lucas Brown at number 13. Johan Duopaus at number 14. And Kitaro Fujimoto, v- uh, uh, number 15. Uh, from the guy. He's, I was mad at him. I, well, I wasn't mad. I was fooling around him. he says, from the guy that's dead to you. Um, I, I think Johnston makes a great point here, Sal. Uh, these hey, top 15 are is a complete joke. What do you think? Well, yeah, they they are. I can't believe it.
3: And, you know, and that's the WBA? WBA, yep. Wow, yep. with Bob's approval. That's what we used to say it's good for. But uh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't approve of that myself.
2: Nice. Uh, it,
3: it's hard to say. It really is. But uh, I'll tell you, where, where we're going to go this year, uh, you know, those fights uh, and those people in that division or, or in that uh, sanctioning body. You know, going to have to either step up and and show it, or uh, or just bail out and uh, not 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 make it, not keep up there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah.
2: Listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we got a couple other things to talk about,
3: uh, and then some. So uh, don't go
2: anywhere. So. Billy
0: C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts! <laughs> That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy Billy Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And... uh,
2: We're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show. Hey, glad you could be with us. And don't forget to be with us on January 19th. That's right. We're going to be down in St. Simons Island again at the beautiful Sea Palms Resort Hotel and Conference Center and PGA Golf Course. I may throw in there. And Sal and myself are going to be hanging out uh, with uh, some former world champions. And we want you to join us. We're going to be showing not one, not two, not three, but four former classic fights that sal and i are going to call for you and you're going to be part of our live audience while we film it for our next boxing revisited episodes and uh, while you're enjoying those four classic fights mingling and hanging out with former world champions you're also going to be able to eat and have a cash bar available so why would you want to miss it you missed it the last time don't miss it this time get a hold of the c go to dot Reach out, tell him you want to book a weekend for you and the family. January nineteenth is the event, but save yourself some time for Saturday and Sunday. Get out on a golf course, enjoy some sun and the fun
3: with because 'cause he'll golf with everybody, right, Sal? I'll golf. I'll golf. Shoulder uh, separation and 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 uh, torn torn tendon and all. I'll golf.
2: Yeah. Okay. Now now it. you got to. You don't want to make an excuse not to golf. But but, <laughs> but I got but a but torn I can shoulder. Reel, I got a a ride. I, I, got, I, I got. I, know, I, got, I can
3: golf. I can golf definitely. I love golf.
2: I'll drive hey. the cart. I'll drive the cart. You try, you give me a couple of gummy bears. I'll drive the cart. All right. I'll I, hold your beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Uh, I, I want people to uh, uh, make sure you understand that we are uh, uh, back, uh, better than ever in 2018. We will be unveiling some new segments that you guys are going to love. I know it. Uh, We did not do a blast from the past today, uh, but we will be back uh, with that uh, normal uh, next week. And speaking of next week, we will be off one day next week. It's only Tuesday um, for uh, some stuff that uh, I had to uh, update, Uh, but the following week, the week of January fifteenth, we will not be doing a live show because I'm going to be in Saint Simon. So if you want to come down earlier than the nineteenth, come on down and join Sal and myself uh, at Sal's restaurant. Uh, we uh, will be sitting there. Uh, Sal's making me all kinds of food. I, I you better make Absolutely. me to, that breakfast pizza. You. I hey, want. I got to
3: show you my breakfast pizza. Yeah, you never had that. I I'm never had give it. You
2: my breakfast pizza. Right. I want to try that. That sounds pretty Unbelievable. good. Unbelievable. But uh, anyway, on this day in boxing history, January 3rd uh, in 1985, G1 Kim knocks out Sung In Su in the 10th round uh, to win the IBF World Junior Featherweight title, and that took place in Korea on this day in 1985. On this day in 1928, Newsboy Brown, they just don't come up with names like that anymore. (laughs) Newsboy Brown wins a 10-round decision over Johnny McCoy to win the California World Flyweight title. And that took place in Los Angeles, California on this day in 1928. On this day in 1945, Oakland Billy Smith wins a 10-round decision over Jack Chase in their contest from... Oakland, California. Smith improves to 19 wins, 9 losses, and 3 draws. And uh, Chase uh, drops to 71 wins, 19 losses, and 8 draws. Oakland, Billy Smith uh, was a uh, major uh, opponent uh, in his era. And uh, when you look up uh, uh, his name, you'll see that he fought uh, a lot of great fighters. And finally, on this day, January 3rd in 1916, Harry Wills uh, wins a 20-round decision over the late, great Sam Langford to retain his world-colored heavyweight title. And that fight, fight took place in New Orleans. Side note, Tommy Burns was the referee in this fight. Tommy and that's what Burns. took place on this day in 1916. Hey, listen, man. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then... I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.
3: <laughs>